You're listening to Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers, whose mission is to preserve dignity, protect independence, and provide peace of mind for their clients and loved ones by providing exceptional home care. 97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Hello, welcome to this episode of Caring Connections. My name is Nicole Bruno and I'm your host. And joining me today is Susan Stanhope, Certified Senior Move Manager and owner of Move Elders with Ease. And today we are going to discuss the five top ways to ease the stress of moving. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Nicole. I'm great. Really glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. I'm glad that you're here as well. This is wonderful. You do a great job on the show and I was excited to ask you to come back. So, Out of the top 10 things that you brought with you, I think one is particularly important, and I just wanted to highlight one of those, which is many belongings can be repurposed or used in a different room of a home or in a different way than they were used before. Yes, that's one of my favorite things as well, because it's so important for people to be able to use and keep the things that they love. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who says that a curio cabinet has to be in the living room? Maybe it goes into the bedroom so you can see it every morning when you wake up. Very true. Very true. Or just use it for a different thing. Absolutely. Put the same things you used to put in it. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So... What I was thinking about doing today is just kind of throwing at you, throwing at you some scenarios. So okay. basic scenarios that you know we kind of hear about on a day-to-day basis of folks that are facing moves and how to, you know, ease that stress of moving. And the first one, for example, you know, say my dad has always been very easy, go- very easygoing, and now all of a sudden he's acting very controlling, wanting me to stop by every day at a certain time. What do you think might be going on there? Well, none you, of you us, don't ever see that. Oh no. <laughs> of course, yes. And I always remind my clients that you know Each of us is aging. Mm -hmm. Every day, every second, our body is getting a little bit older. Mm -hmm. What I do see with my clients, however, is that because they cannot control Mm -hmm. what's going on with their body, their Mm -hmm. aches and pains, you know, Mm -hmm. they may not be able to move as easily as they have before, all of that, and their mental, emotional body as well. They really can't, you know, maybe their mind is racing more. Maybe they Mm -hmm. feel like they aren't able to remember things as well. So, since they're subconsciously realizing that they can't control their body and their mind, mm-hmm. they're trying to control everything else that they can. Mm-hmm. So that's what ends up happening. And and therefore, it, what's really going on with them is that they're frightened of losing control mm-hmm. because they've always been able to, to be in control, be an independent person, and suddenly they find that they can't. So how does that come into play with a move? Well, with a move, there are a lot of components that people really can't control, as you said. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard for people to make a decision whether Mm -hmm. to move or not to move. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll take out their feelings of anger within themselves, Mm -hmm. but they'll end end up taking it out on people that they love most. Mm -hmm. Don't we all do that? We, We all do. Every single one of us. Okay, so let's say my mom has been living by herself for 20 years, handling her own finances and making her own decisions, and now she can't even balance the checkbook. (laughs) Should I now take over and be in control as the daughter? 
Oh, my goodness. Yes, so many people get into that situation, and I do as well. Um, my own mother, I've moved her three times now, um, and she does most of her finances online as well. But there's, you know, when you go to a new bank or you go yep. to a different program, Stand you can't remember it. I know. So m- one of the f- main things that's so important for adult children to know is to communicate mm-hmm. with your parent. You know, it could be that they just need a listening ear mm-hmm. and, and they just need for you to say, OK, mom, you know, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I want to help you do still as much as you can. If you get to a point, though, where you really think it would be best for me to take things over or to be on the checking account to pay your bills for you, I'm happy to do whatever I can to make this as easy for you as possible. Knowing that at the same time, you don't want to really come in and, quote, take control because you want to honor and respect them as being independent and able to still do things for themselves. And then in relation to moving, how does communication work? So important. So important. You know, there's three different things that can happen. You can have someone who is making a decision now Mm -hmm. to be independent, and they're making the decision to go ahead and move now Mm -hmm. while they're still in good health. That's the best time to do it, listeners. Oh, it is. Absolutely. (laughs) Because they can move now and still start enjoying the new environment, Mm -hmm. make new friends, still be active, etc., Or it could be that they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and maybe after something happens, Mm -hmm. then they make a move. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. And then, of course, the other scenario that's really sad when we see it happen is that they don't make a decision, and then the adult child is faced with making that. Yeah, Definitely. And that's probably the one you see more often than not. Mm, Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. That's just the way we all operate in all of our lives. Sure. All of us do. Okay. I'm going to throw another one out at you. Okay. Let's say my parents are living in a huge house, the one I grew up in. Didn't live in a huge house, but (laughs) let's just say I did. I can play whatever part I want today. Absolutely. Uh, They both use walkers and canes, and I'm scared of them falling. We've talked about them moving into a smaller home or perhaps even a retirement community, but they seem to be overwhelmed. How do I go ahead and discuss this with them? That's a hard thing to do, too. It it gives people a lot of overwhelm when they, you know, they may go somewhere and see themselves. They really could visualize themselves living there, but they come home and they're like, oh my gosh, I have so much stuff and there's Mm -hmm. so much to do, et cetera. So again, communication is key, always Mm -hmm. talking with them and reassuring them that there are resources available to help them and to help you as the adult child Mm -hmm. to handle all of that responsibility. There are senior move managers such as myself. There are geriatrics uh, care managers, mm-hmm. estate sale people. So there are mm-hmm. a lot of resources to help. I suggest that you do some research on your own. Maybe go and, you know, visit an active 55-plus community mm-hmm. and see some smaller homes. Go to a few of the community retirement centers mm-hmm. and then bring back to them and talk to them, show them some pictures. Um, and letting them know that you're by making a choice now, mm-hmm. they really are being a help to you as the adult child because they're right. not leaving all that responsibility on you for later. Exactly. And that's really the selfless thing to do. It is if they're ready to do it. Yeah. Again, some of them may not be. Right. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. You just have to know what you're dealing with. You do. And you have to come up with a plan. And and the other thing that can be a little bit tricky for the adult children is to remember that it is their life. Mm -hmm. It's not yours. So if they still are physically and cognitively Mm -hmm. able to make decisions for, for themselves, 
you can't push them into anything. Right. That's really not respectful and you it's not right fair. You have to make a bad decision. You do. Or a decision that you don't agree with. You might do something differently in your life, but that person still has the right to do it. They do. And they have the right to do it and to therefore experience the consequences. Right. Of that decision. And it's not a good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a choice. Mm-hmm. And they can make a choice now. And then if it turns out that they sh- wish that they had chosen something different, mm-hmm. then they can make another choice. I think throwing my social work hat on some of the things that happen it, uh, that I hear about regularly at support groups are things like mom wouldn't move. I told mom she needed to move. Now mom isn't being successful at what she's done. And now I feel like I have to go to the store for her every day and do all these things. So then the child is going puts themselves into an enabling role. And so some of the things we talk through at different support group meetings is, you know, why don't you sh- let the parent experience what it's like based on the choice that they made to not have you available to do those things. And it's okay not to be in that enabling position. That's right. It is it's okay. It's a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do because yeah. you love your parent. Yep. You you know that they took care of you when you were little, young. And so now you really want to do that. And yet at the same time, you've got perhaps a professional career, mm-hmm. probably a family, mm-hmm. maybe social obligations, right. church obligations, pets, you know, all these other things pulling on you. It's a conundrum for sure. It is. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And joining me today is uh, Susan Stanhope, who is a certified senior move manager and owner with Move Elders with E. And we will be right back. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno on 97.9 FM WCHL, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. Now, more of Caring Connections. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections. And today we are talking about how to ease the stress of moving with Susan Stanhope, who is a certified senior move manager and owner of Move Elders with Ease. Okay, well, this has been a great because, you know, we're talking about some of the common things we face when assisting our older adults, but then also how those things also impact move and how we can make them less stressful. So I really like the way we're doing these scenarios, if you're okay with continuing that. Oh, yes, I'd love to. Okay. So let's just say my father has some major health issues, and I moved him to North Carolina as a result of them, let's just say, because he's close to me. He's in an apartment with rental furniture and seems to be anxious and overwhelmed. What can I do to help ease his mind? Well, again, communication is one thing. (laughs) The other thing to remember is that, you know, when you, if you can envision yourself living in a place with rental furniture or living in a hotel for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not really your stuff. So it doesn't necessarily feel like home. And then you're also extra worried about hurting the stuff or. Oh, yeah. Well, that and you're, and you're, you're wondering what's happening to your property in the other state. I mean, there's just a lot of anxiety around that. And so um, so one of the things that can really help is to go ahead and move some of your parents' furniture or your loved one's furniture and belongings down to North Carolina. So let's say that you even decide to go to the other, you know, wherever the other residence is and just bring in some favorite lamps and favorite artwork and knickknacks. You don't even have to necessarily move furniture, but something that makes them feel like they really have their stuff around them, like it's a safe place. So as being devil's advocate here, I know one of the things that I recently encountered in a caregiving role was somebody came to me for a period of time and to get that person to come 
they didn't want to take any of their stuff because they wanted it to be temporary. They just wanted it to be for a week. And then time went, as time went by, slowly we were able to bring some of the stuff to make it more home-like. And then eventually the person was able to leave because they recuperated. But in some situations, that's not going to happen. They may not leave. And so you know, how do you handle that sort of double-edged sword? Do you want to make the person feel comfortable where they're moving to? But in their minds, if they don't think it's a temporary move, they, you may never get them to step out of that front door. <laughs> well, and it, it really is. And it's it very really tricky. is. A, it's tricky. Yeah. As you said, it's really tricky. So, you know, helping them to make some decision and bringing, trying something for a period of time mm-hmm. really can help to ease the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically just doing like you said and moving some of those things down. Mm-hmm. Um, I also at times use a plus and a minus um column you know make a sheet that lists okay well the benefits of living closer to my child Mm -hmm. are that I get to see my grandchildren more often Mm -hmm. I get to spend quality time you know just all of those things versus the minus sides Mm -hmm. of things too it's real tricky when you get into those family dynamics there's lots of gray areas absolutely absolutely Okay, another very common scenario, talking to my mom, and she's constantly saying the same things over and over again, all the worries about what she's going to do, how she knows she can't stay in her home but doesn't want to move. She knows her house isn't safe any longer because of steps or what have you. How do I help that person get over that stumbling block of just constantly repeating? And I'm not saying there's a cognitive impairment there, just the whole you know, fretting, I guess, for lack of a better term, just fretting over, just making that final decision. Maybe that person's in a position where they weren't always the decision maker. Maybe the husband always helped. And so now they can't. And so they, and they're just completely immobilized. What do we do for those folks? <laughs> take a deep breath, help, help them to take a deep breath okay. and to encourage them to make a decision or to try it for a short period of time. You know, some of the communities have places where you can actually come and try living in the community for and be a guest for a while. So try doing that mm-hmm. um, and just reminding them that, you know, they, they're still going to have choice, mm-hmm. even if they take a step. They try it for a while, and they decide that they don't like that particular place. There's always a different choice that they can make later of about a different place that they can go to. Sure. Um, sure. So, you know, it's just it really is so important, though, that they go ahead and make some sort of decision because that's really going to de- decrease the anxiety level. Mm-hmm. Living in limbo is what is so difficult for people. But how do we help them make that choice, get over that? stumbling block what would what would you suggest based on your experience I'm sure you're involved in the middle of it a lot I I am and sometimes that adult child really does have to step up yeah and it's a hard place and that's a hard place to be and so you know those of us in the community are helping to support that adult child Mm -hmm. who is then supporting their parent and I think this is a good time to say you know sometimes what's helpful if that adult child has never been in that more assertive role it's a really good time to bring in that outside person, whether it's yes. a certified senior move manager like Susan or whether it's a geriatric care manager or just a third party who's not emotionally involved in the situation to look at the situation objectively and say, obviously, this is what we've got going on here. And, you know, in my professional opinion, this is a direction that you should take. And in that way, you know, maybe if the person hears it from a third 
source, it would help. Yes, and it does help in most situations because, you know, family members are very tied and we all have those emotional hot buttons that we mm-hmm. can push. Sure. You know, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's one of those you have to take a deep breath. We have to take a deep breath thinking about it here today. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, another scenario. My father is so anxious that I dread being with him. I could feel my anxiety level increasing just thinking about it. Oh, yes. And that is so true. Uh-huh. That really ties in with what we were talking about before, and there's several things. One thing to remember is that anxiety and excitement Mm -hmm. are both right at the same place. You know, it's that feeling of butterflies in your stomach. Sure. So oftentimes, I'm really encouraging people to think about that as being excitement. Mm -hmm. It's excitement because you're going on a new adventure in life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be making it anxiety. You don't have to to label it that way. No, no. Choose excitement instead. And remind yourself and your parent that this is not a life or death situation. Not in most cases. No, not in most cases. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. You're still breathing. You're still Mm -hmm. okay. And we can still choose to have fun. Um, And then the other thing that really can also help is as an adult child or a caregiver to try to remove yourself from the feeling that it's a a family connection. Mm -hmm. Visualize yourself putting on a hat Mm -hmm. that says family friend Mm -hmm. or counselor Mm -hmm. or coordinator Mm -hmm. or whatever you want so that you are not enabling. Mm -hmm. You're really more in a listening role with that parent. That's a very good tip. And how does that impact a move, for example, like this wearing this hat? Is it just kind of thinking of it in that way that you're going to sort of take over that role and not be that child that's attached to that little special cup because that was the cup that used to put out for Santa Claus? I mean, just silly thing. I know it sounds silly, but. No, it's not silly. I mean, that's yeah. that's things that people, those are situations that people face every day. Mm-hmm. So, yes, from from the standpoint of the move and, either, and other decisions that are having to ma- be made, if you can remove the emotional attachment, mm-hmm. which is what you're really doing that's by so trying hard. to put on that coordinator or man. <laughs> manager hat. Or get that third person involved. Right, right. And getting that third person really does help too. But but yes, you're trying to remove the emotions and just deal with the facts. And the facts are the parent lives in a two-story home. The bedrooms are upstairs and they can't climb the stairs. You know, whatever those facts are. Definitely. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and I'm here today with Susan Sanhope, Certified Senior Move Manager and owner of Move Elders with Ease. And we're talking about the top ways to ease the stress of moving. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno on 97.9 FM WCHL, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. Now, more of Caring Connections. Welcome back. Joining me is Susan Stanhope. And as we wrap up the show, I did want to um, just talk about a couple other scenarios that are sort of nagging in the back of my mind. And then definitely want to hear more about what you do specifically in your work with the community. Um, the first is, and I'm, I'm already starting to face some of these scenarios myself. My mom constantly wants me to take some of her belongings home with me. Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. For your parents' peace of mind, yeah. there may be some family items that they really do want yeah. you to have. Yeah. So, yes, be gracious yeah. and go ahead and take them. Doesn't mean you have to keep them forever. Or display them. And you don't have to display them. But for now, go ahead and take them. If you can. I highly recommend that. I, I know somebody who um, 
did this, and the, and the mom always looks to see where it the thing where it is. This god awful mm-hmm. thing is yes. displayed, and so she literally puts it in a box and takes it out. And she said one day she forgot. <laughs> And her mom was like, where is such and such? Oh, I, you know, she had to come up with some kind of a really good. Right. I left it in the closet to be cleaned. I've got to dust it, mom. Or whatever. I know. It's so awkward. It is awkward, but it does help. I promise. (laughs) Okay. And then how about, you know, the real crisis situation? You know, mom's health deteriorated so quickly. She had a a stay in the hospital and then had to be placed in a skilled nursing facility for at least some period of time. How can I help her now? You know, I really believe in beauty, and I think it's so important that people have something that they love. It may not be everything, but right. something. So I usually, I do do that fairly regularly mm-hmm. for folks, and I will go into their, let's say they were in a house or independent mm-hmm. living beforehand, I'll go into their apartment mm-hmm. and pull down from the walls items of art mm-hmm. or maybe some knickknacks, maybe a lamp that was really important and move that into the skilled care and at least have hang it so that it's really pretty and they have some beauty around them. That that they can remember yeah. on and yeah. hopefully inspire them to get better or sure. make it more comfortable. Yep. Let's hear more about you, Susan. Sounds like you have a true compassion for your work and I think the listening audience would love to hear more about who you are and what you do. Thank you, Nicole. I've been in business now almost six years, and my business is Move Elders with Ease for uh, many reasons, but I did choose the word elders specifically because of the respect and wisdom. Mm -hmm. We do everything from figuring out what furniture will fit safely in the new place, helping them make decisions. It's easier since we're Mm -hmm. a third party and have no emotional attachments. Mm -hmm. We do all the packing. We can help people move all the way to California. We do. We pack it. And we do a really good job at packing. We're very professional with that. Mm -hmm. Um, We can move people all the way to California to another state. We can help them when they're coming into North Carolina to this area to be closer to children. what does that look like? Do you actually go to California? Okay. No, but there are people, there are senior move managers around the United States now. Okay. There are about 700 companies that actually do what I do. Wow. So I can find someone in the other state in that, in that locale to help on that end. Okay. Either they're Got packing it. them, sending them to me, okay. or I'm packing them here and sending them to them. We also oversee the movers on move day, so okay. the family can be the emotional support for the senior, mm-hmm. and we're actually handling everything with the movers, making sure that the correct things get on the truck mm-hmm. when they bring the furniture into the new place, telling them where it goes, et cetera, making sure that it's centered on the wall, however we need mm-hmm. it done. Mm-hmm. And then we unpack. So we make the bed. We put the toiletries in the bathroom, set up the kitchen, so that when the senior actually comes into their new apartment, it feels like home. Wow. So I'm you really, do that all in one day? No, I don't. Okay. We really it depends on the size. Sure, if sure. we're moving from um, assisted living over to memory care, mm-hmm. yes, we get it done in one day. Sure. Um, a lot of times, though, especially if they're going into from a big house and now into a small cottage, let's say, mm-hmm. in an independent community, it might take us two days. Uh-huh. Sure. But Which is no problem, really but good. still, I it's mean, really it good. Weeks, unpack my house. That's right. So. And then I'm really good at hanging art and Great. making it look pretty. So. so quickly, if people want to uh, find out more information and reach you directly, how do they do that? My cell phone is nine one nine two one eight. Four seven eight three. I welcome all calls. My website is www.moveelderswithease.com. Thank you so much for joining me, Susan. It was a pleasure as always. And as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Thank you so much and have a fabulous day. 
The purpose of Caring Connections is to educate listeners to help improve the quality of life for families, for professional caregivers, as well as those people affected with Alzheimer's disease. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno is supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. You can hear this and any other program of Caring Connections on WCHL's website, chapelboro.com. Be sure to email questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Caring Connections is a presentation of 97.9 FM, WCHL, Chapel Hill Carborough's News, Talk, and Tar Heel Station.